Do we have to do this podcast, lads? Do we really have to keep doing these? Yes, is the answer. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. It's like it's like a death by a thousand cuts at the moment for me as a Celtic fan. <laughs> um, but this is the, the Burst Boss Scottish Football Podcast. I am Hamish Carton. Craig Gamble, you're there as well. Hello. Hello, Hamish. Um, good to be good to be back on feeling slightly more upbeat if you can tell in my voice than, than you are yourself. Indeed. Uh, Matt Finley, I hung over Matt Finley apparently. Yeah, yeah, and that wasn't just me celebrating a, a draw. It was um <laughs> I was actually pre planned uh, going out in the afternoon, but uh, yeah, couldn't handle my drink I think and uh, it's been struggling refreshing my laptop today, trying to work and it's uh, blah. Still feel rough, but I've got football tonight as well. So uh, and I get to talk about Aberdeen, which is nice. So wait, did you actually you went out last night? No, I like I went um I went out like mid afternoon for like an afternoon like you could sit mm. out in the streets and that soul as well, the infamous soul bar. Um oh. and uh but I was um I was out at the table for three hours and <laughs> just was pretty pissed. It was only two only me and my pal and uh it was uh, it was good, but yeah, really feeling it today. Really struggling, so I'm getting too old. <laughs> I can see, man. It's, <laughs> you're, you're not a pretty picture at the moment, Matt. No offense. Is life just going on? Is life just going on as normal then? Up up your way? You, you've not got any. Oh yeah, I, I forget. You you've got yeah, you've got like kind of different rules. Um, ah, it seemed okay yesterday. I mean, there was plenty of folk out and about. Like the bar I was in has like a obviously you weren't inside. It was in the kind of just on the road essentially, and it was um. Uh, just the the tents up and uh, it was fine. It worked okay. Um, it's plenty of folk milling about Aberdeen anyway. But when you go inside, it's like dead. Like nobody's in because obviously there's a a bar that can't sell can't sell alcohol. So, um, but no, Aberdeen's it's it's still weird going through like a city centre during a lockdown. But probably a bit different for yourselves. Yeah, definitely. We were talking just before we came on, Craig, about the the different tiers. What a uh, what category would you you put Celtics defending yesterday into if it was a tier? Oh, like um, zero. Well, for, for me personally, I would give it top marks. Um, <laughs> I don't think what is it zero to four, four being the top. I'd I'd put an extra tier on on. I'd give it five tier five, but uh, it wasn't it wasn't very good at all, was it, Hamish? No, we probably need to chat about the the Sky promo. First off, did did we all see that? I take it we've, we've seen that. Dave Cormack came out today or, or last night, whenever it was, and completely went for Sky, and rightly so. Like, what an absolute shambles. Have, have you seen this, Craig? I, I've seen it. Like, this might be a daft question, but see, see the counter like that's uh, going on throughout the, the video. Like, what's, what is that? Celtic goals, isn't it? I think, is it just the amount of goals they've scored in but it, it makes it out. It makes it out as if, like, Celtic won all these games to nil, and there's, Aye, like a, there's like a four. Was it not last season? There was like a what was it a four? One, no, sorry, there was a two one last season. I'm sure there was a four yeah. two. It was a four recently. Four three. Four three. A couple of years ago, yeah. Yeah, the Scott Sinclair like, game. But like, yeah. they just completely ignored the fact Aberdeen has scored mm-hmm. all these goals, and it's like. Aye. There's not been many, to be fair. I think I think it was like five Aberdeen goals in total in the last, I kept tawdry in the last few games. But they've, yeah, just typical, really, isn't it? It's uh, bad. I mean, they they got the reaction though, didn't they? Because <laughs> obviously everyone jumped on it. If you're looking for a uh, kind of likes and things, probably what they're exactly what they're doing. So fair, fair play to Dave Cormack Cormack. as well. He had a yeah. yeah few choice words for them. Yeah, I think he's quite outspoken anyway. Like, I mean, it's quite refreshing sometimes to see like you know 
like properly like a chairman or like higher up at a football club like kind of talk for the fans because obviously for years it was kind of well Aberdeen the board was very much like oh, Stuart Mill and just gets on with his job and that but I think for Dave Cormack he's very the kind of American in him if you like uh, he's very much just like he goes for it it doesn't, doesn't really Hands care on. which is good yeah which is good yeah Right, I'm usually the host of this podcast, but I think you two should probably take over that duty for the next five, <laughs> ten minutes, however long we're going to chat about this absolute disaster uh, at Celtic. And yeah, I'll, I'll happily take your questions now, guys. So Hamish Carton, what is happening at Celtic? <laughs> I just, I just don't know. Like for me, like pe- people are like a lot of people have maybe jumped to the conclusion that like the league's over and all that kind of stuff. Like so I've heard some Celtic fans saying, "Look, we're we've chucked this league away." I think that's way over the top because you know we're in October, we're six points behind with a game in hand. Admittedly, it's against Aberdeen, so it's no gimme as at Celtic Park. But there's a long, massive, long way to go in this league. Um, like it's still so tight, but. Like, I don't have any faith in, in this team under Neil Lennon to go on a win and run. Like Yesterday was our first tough, real tough away day of the season. Rangers have already been to Parkhead, they've been to Easter Road, eh, they've been to Pataudry, they've been to Fir Park, they've been to Livingston. We've not been to any of those ones other than Pataudry yesterday. And in the next you know couple of months, we'll go to all four. You know, Livingston, as I say, a place that we lost at twice. Eh, sorry, we lost it twice in the last couple of seasons. We drew there as well last year. Ibrooks, I mean, that gives me the fear thinking about that. We've got Easter Road and Fir Park in our next two away games. And, you know, we're only six points behind Rangers, but we should be, like, double figures behind with the amount of last-minute goals we've scored. Like, it's... The table isn't even t- telling a, a fair story at the moment. And yesterday was just... I actually didn't think we played too badly in the first half. We didn't create much, but we didn't play too badly. And then you give away a daft penalty, and just you feel as if everything's out to get you and up against you at the moment you fight back to you know make it level and then you go ahead eventually you know at 3-2 um, and I just knew that we'd, we'd end up conceding a late goal and for me that's the most worrying thing about the whole afternoon is that this Celtic team in previous years when they got 3-2 up they would not have conceded that goal, they would have found a way to win that game and and yesterday was the first time, I don't know the last time we conceded a, a last minute equaliser to drop points in, in any game in you know, domestic football. I'd love to know a stat for that, unless there's an obvious one I'm forgetting about. Um, so yeah, we're, we we can salvage this. It's well salvageable, but is it salvageable with Neil Lennon? I mean, I mean, your you guys' opinions kind of not less valid, but you know, I'm the Celtic fan here. But what do you guys think? Is Neil Lennon the guy who can turn us around at Celtic, Craig? What I was going to say was. Um... Aye, look, before we kind of go any further, like obviously, um, being a Rangers fan, it was, it's been a good week for us. Um, what's happening at Celtic just now is, as you say, like when you look at it, Celtic get a game in hand. They win that game in hand. It's it's only three points. Um, we've got a chance by the time the next by the next time Celtic play a league game, which is away at Fir Park, isn't it? The next mm-hmm. league game. Um, we could potentially be, be nine points clear, albeit Celtic would have the two games in hand. But as we all know, you'd much rather, especially with the way Celtic are playing just now and the kind of feeling amongst the support, as you say, you'd much rather have points on the board than than, than, than uh, games in hand. I think what it is for me is it something just feels different this season um, about it. Like I think the first half of, of last season, 
took a kind of similar uh, like path in, in the sense that we started well, Celtic maybe not so well. Um, but I think even just, yeah, just uh, kind of, I joked about it in our group chat, um, and I was kind of trying to stoke the um, the fire with Wouldn't the like Aberdeen you. fans <laughs> to say that if Celtic are needing to go somewhere and get a result, um, as the Sky promo hint alluded to, that <laughs> um, Petodre has has been the place for them. Like, like I know I'm making a joke about it, but the, the fact of the matter is Celtic have um, been going there and winning games with, at ease at times in the last few seasons. Um, but I think, in a, in a serious point on that, um, uh, from a Celtic fans' point of view, you're probably looking at it as in, uh, right, the chips are down a wee bit just now, just lost an old firm game, lost against Milan in the Europa League. If you're wanting a game to go and make a bit of a statement, um, get the kind of show back on the road a wee bit, then it's probably not the, the, the one that you would pick. You probably want a kind of easier home game to get just a, a win on the board, but in terms of lifting the whole place, getting the fans back on side, then go up to Pataudry and, and get a win, no matter how you do it, if it's got to be ugly, which it often does have to be if you're, if you're going to go up and, and win at Aberdeen, then that was a perfect opportunity. And from what I've seen of the game, it just, ah, Celtic just didn't really, again, look like, I mean, for, by all accounts, I think a, a draw was the least Aberdeen deserved from the game. Um. And as you say as well, I know with the last-minute penalty, um, it's just not something that you associate with, with Celtic. Can kind I of lose winning games in the last minute, in the last minutes of games? And and I thought it was very typical of them to to turn it round at three-two. Um, and to be honest, I was kind of thinking, oh, well, that that's exactly what Celtic would have been after. Um, if they weren't going to win a game comfortably, yeah. then something like that would would have been the perfect thing that to to lift the place, as I say. So. Yeah, I, I, I mean, is Neil Lennon the right man for the job? I've got to be honest, my, my kind of gut feeling is that it would be very, very knee-jerk stuff to sack him just now. I mean, I don't think is that even on the cards. Like, See, I know so, a lot of fans are. So I, I felt that way too, because you look at the league table and you look at the fact yeah. that he won all the cup, Cups last season, well, he won both of the Cups and he's in the semi-final for the other one, which is this weekend. But then I looked wider and I looked at the Champions League stuff and I know folk will say it's all about domestic football in the league this season. But there was a fact there that he's failed badly in two Champions League qualifiers against uh, Cluj and Ferencvaros, two terrible defeats at Celtic Park and the same against Copenhagen who are a slightly better team but it's still a game that we should have gone through in the Europa League. Yeah. You then add in his record against Gerrard and the fact that the derby matches for me are going to be pivotal this season um, and at the moment I think Rangers the way things are shaping up would win the last three derbies now I know it's no gimme but um, look at the way Rangers dominated us at Parkhead last week and two of the last three games are at Ibrooks. Um so that's a major factor for me as well you need to change it um, and then you add in the fact it's the league table maybe doesn't look horrendous although it doesn't look great but the performances this season on the whole have been terrible like absolutely terrible we've probably played Two good games in the league, Hamilton and uh, Hibs at home, um, away from home, even though we beat Ross County 5-0, we've not put in one good away performance. We scored last minute against St. Johnson, last minute against Dundee United. Like We could be sitting 10 points behind here and we've not yet gone to, you know, as I said, Livingston, Hibs, Fur Park, places that I have no faith in us winning any of those three games at the moment, the way those three teams play at home. Yeah. Um, 
and then we've got the next derby at Ibrook. So I, I would I would get rid of him. Um, I would. I think he's had too many strikes. I think the fact he can't win derby matches, he's been dominated by Gerard over the last you know four or five games. I think he's he's managed six against Gerard, and Rangers have been the better team in four of them, probably five. Uh, the one with ten men at Parkhead. Um, and there's one game we got the better of you at Ibrooks when Gerard gets tactics badly wrong. He's learned for that. Lennon isn't learning at all. Um, I mean, you add into European stuff, for me, it pains me to say it. It does. I don't sit here and say, you know, I'd love, I'm happy Lennon's, you know, finished or he is going to be finished or whatever. Like, it really pains me to see a club legend leaving in our biggest season in God knows how long. But we've got to do what's best for the club. And that is not a, a team that's playing for the manager at the moment. And... The big worry is we've got Lille now and Thursday who are probably the best team in France at the moment. They're going to beat us handily, I would expect. And I've got no faith going to Hamden next week against Aberdeen. But, Matt, I'll bring you in. You can uh, you can talk about Celtic, you can talk about Aberdeen. Let us know what you think, mate. Um, no, I think, I think like, I, I totally get your points on the kind of way that Celtic have, have played in the, like, certainly yesterday. I think that they'd they had done what they always seemed to do at Pataudry. They'd gone ahead undeservedly, potentially. I think there was a game like last year, uh, the last time the two uh, teams played in, I think it was February, and Ayer scored late, late on. And Aberdeen were, were the better team, I think, especially. like. But you just sensed that it was always going to be coming. It was always coming. And I think I think credit to Aberdeen, albeit in terms of the defending wasn't great for the goals. I thought we... like They, they genuinely never stopped. Like It summed it up, I think... Johnny Hayes is just an absolute engine. Like he picked the ball up at the halfway line, like just you know, just ran back, like just to get the ball forward again. You know they didn't panic, and I I felt going back to Aberdeen. I felt Aberdeen did deserve the, the the win yesterday. Like I was sitting there furious that we conceded the third goal. I just I mean, like because I think the way it had come, we were just like annoyed about the fact that the second goal should have came, and then it was like you were literally two two one up, and then like two minutes later you're looking at defeat. It was crazy, but. But what, yeah, it was it was so it was so bizarre, and I was just like, it's just that's find a new way to lose against Celtic in the, in this <laughs> game, and that I think the start of the season for Aberdeen was so bad, like the the Rangers game was just a non-event, and it wasn't a great game anyway. But Aberdeen just did not turn up. Then had the whole the 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 COVID scandal, if you want to call it that. It was all, and I think since then it genuinely has like kind of brought the players together. The fans seem really on board with it. McInnes is now, you know. He, like before he's tinkered with playing like three at the back and that like and it's never really gone right right this season it's working like he's got his tactics spot on where they're fighting to the end with every game like there's been a couple of late wins there was even like St Mirren I think a few weeks back uh, you know and then there they never stopped and you know it just it summed it up like in the last minute Scott Wright beat four four Celtic defenders including Brown I think he pegged Mm. Brown and then got through just 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 it was like it was amazing, like because I, I, you would never see that ever happening, and it was also calamity, like uh, errors in the in the box. But um, I just think uh, I think I'm feeling very confident with this Aberdeen team now, to the point where even yesterday I know we were obviously joking, it, but it was true. Like Craig was saying before the game, like if if Celtic need a result, they get it. But Audrey, it always happens. We find new way, and we getting that draw could do so much for our season because it felt. Like a defeat, and then it felt like a win. Like in the space of five minutes, it was amazing. So, um, I really think that there's no fear going to party going to Hamden next week. There really isn't. Like the whole Why build up, be? yeah, the whole build up. So, was typical of Aberdeen fans to be saying, "Oh, if now's a time to go and take Celtic, it is." 
and that, like that always happens. Like it's all like at the end of the day, they, they lost their two, they lost the Rangers, who at the moment are playing really well, and then they lost it bloody AC Milan. Like, like, like that's yeah. the kind of you know it wasn't like they got went you know, lost at home at Hamilton. It was good teams they were playing, so it was like, point, yeah. like I don't, I don't really get. I understand the whole frustration of a couple of defeats in a row and it's all it's crisis. I I do appreciate that, but I think, I think the Scottish Cup. Well, probably a different game, it, it, but I fear, I don't fear going there and getting a result now. I, I fear Aberdeen could could go and do it. A big chance for, you know, all four teams to win a trophy, and and you wonder how how important it is. I've it's lost a bit of its importance for me. The fact it's last season, I'm just kind of thinking, Aye. well, what's it part of? Like people will say, oh, you're still going for the quadruple treble. It's not the same. But it's still a big opportunity for all four teams to go and win a trophy. I mean, even Hearts, who are not even a top-flight team, you wouldn't count them out of beating Hibs uh, next week. We'll, we'll probably come on to that at the end, guys, and, and chat about that. I thought Lewis Ferguson was really good for Aberdeen yesterday yeah. as well, and even aside from his goals, and just the way he took his two penalties, um, real pressure kick right at the end. And I, Aberdeen, have just the, the thing I've commented on before this season, they've got a lot of, not necessarily new players, but they've got a lot of new stars this season, you know, you look yeah. back in previous season, there was such a reliance in Cosgrove, the same people you were seeing all the time, like Niall McGinn and mm-hmm. um, even like Ferguson and players like that. There was there wasn't much change, whereas now you look and you've got exciting players everywhere. Edmondson, I really like the look of him. Um, Hedges, I think, played brilliant. Uh, Scott Wright is like looked brilliant any time I've seen him this season. Like I think he's a standout for them, and he doesn't even start every game. Um, they just look a good side this year, Craig. They definitely do, and, and just I want you to kind of touch upon that. Just what Matt was saying, I think you've got to give credit where it's due to Aberdeen for this season, um, to McInnes and and the squad of players because obviously, as Matt said, that that first game of the season, um, yeah, Aberdeen barely laid a glove on Rangers that day, and, and we. easiest win we we've had at Petorje certainly for, for as long as I can remember, anyway, but. Um, I think after that, with with all everything that happened, it, it would have been quite easy for. And I know it sounds a bit cliche, but it, it could it would have been quite easy for the season to be kind of going off the rails a, a wee bit before it's properly got going. And, and they've really kind of, McInnes has probably used that a wee bit to galvanise the the whole squad and the and the team to be like right, like kind of almost everyone's against us here type thing and. Um, and since then, they've, I know obviously, barring the Motherwell game at, at Petorje, that is it maybe one most game, I think maybe drawn one in that, or well, obviously just, the Celtic draw. Um, just, um, they've, dropped, they've dropped, I think, yeah. eight points at home all season. So, so they've lost to Motherwell Rangers and, and then, drawing against Celtic. They've won every away uh, game they've played. So, or Drew were done United last week. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. right yeah. enough. Yeah. I knew that I, th- I thought there was another draw uh, in there, but even at that, I mean, that's far from a, a bad result away at Tandy so um, and he should have won the game um, but for obviously uh, Seagree's having a, a great game so so yeah uh, and Lewis Ferguson all, like goals I know a lot of them are penalties but as you say Hamish like you're, he's stepping up there and you're just like there's no chance he's missing um, and he obviously scored the late goal against St Mern, um and, and they just have I think on the counter attack um, especially against Celtic obviously I know they won't play like that every week, but but they've definitely got players that can that can hurt teams, um and yeah, and going into next week at, at Hamden, it's 
I'm the same as as you, Amish. It's kind of almost like it kind of it's a wee bit of a strange kind of feeling. But I think it's a really interesting. They're just interesting games. I mean, all things considered, for the Celtic Aberdeen game coming off the back of that, um, and just obviously the whole narrative around Celtic at the minute, um, a chance for Aberdeen to to obviously to get to another final um, and beat Celtic in the process, and then obviously you look at the Edinburgh derby game and. And, and all that's added into that with Hearts obviously getting relegated and, and Hibs are flying as well this season. So, although it does feel a bit weird, um, yeah, it's it's there's still two interesting games. But yeah, as I say, with Aberdeen are concerned, um, why should they fear anything going to Hamden next week? Um, and they'll know that they have got players that, that can hurt any team in this league. Yeah, so drop points for Celtic at Pitodrio on Sunday. A team that Rangers dropped points to at the start of the season was Livingston and your side were playing them again on Sunday as well, Craig. Uh, 2-0 win, Rangers fourth 2-0 win in a row, did you know that? Yeah, Strange, I was actually joking before, like, um, surely that's the bet for this game, but uh, <laughs> I did not cash in on it. <laughs> What what did we what did we learn from that game? Joe Aribo came back in for his his first start since August. Scored. Jermaine Defoe scored as well. His three hundredth ever club goal, I think, which is a, a pretty yeah. amazing tally. Um, really good goal as well. I thought like good ball from Tavernier and just a kind of typical Defoe finish that we've seen so many times over the years. Uh, is there a? I mean, I don't want to just bring in a negative Rangers point for no reason as much as it's tempting but is there a feeling that you should be winning these games by more than 2-0? Um, I, I, I mean I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't totally disagree with that um, I think uh, I was actually saying it to one of my mates like, in, in a kind of sick twisted way I actually love those kind of like 2-0 home wins where it's, it's just like score. It's like you'll never watch that game again, but it's just like just churning out three points. I would like to maybe see us get um, more goals on the score sheet. Of course, like you, you always want to see your team score more goals. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just a really pleasing kind of afternoon for us in general. Obviously, what happens before with the Aberdeen Celtic game, it can add a little bit into it as much as probably Gerard and the players would say, oh, we're concentrating our game. Of course, it adds a, a bit to it. So to have the game wrapped up after 16 minutes um, was really, really pleasing and, and something that I think a Rangers team in previous seasons maybe wouldn't have done with, with such ease. Um, I think just but the games are coming thick and fast at the minute. Obviously, we, we've got um, Leg Poznan uh, on Thursday and then and away to Rugby Park on Sunday. Um, and coming off the back of, of that win uh, in Belgium against standard, or Standard Liège. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and obviously last week against Celtic, it's, as I say, they're coming thick and fast. Um, but to be just churning out these wins, um, and it's the control that we've got in games now um, that I think is, a, is the most pleasing thing for, from a fan. It will be for Gerard and, and the coaching staff, no doubt. But from a, a fan's point of view, it's... It's just good to watch his um, control games um, as well as we have been just now. Defoe's goal is just so pleasing on the eye that finish, mm-hmm. isn't it? Like that is um, a, another another tremendous assist from from Tavernier, who's I, I think he's really raised it this season. Um, and, and and yeah, I, I would, as I say, I would like to go back to the kind of original question. I, I would like to see it score more, but um, I went to bed with a, a massive smile on my face last night. 
I bet you did. Um, as we say, Rangers fourth, two and a win in a row. The one that came before that was against the the Belgian side. I won't pronounce um, <laughs> Liège, I believe their name is. Uh, obviously, the, the biggest talking point from the game, other than the, the crazy conditions that the game finished in, was that amazing Kemar Roof goal. I think everything that's could be said has been said about it over the last yeah. wee while. So we won't actually go into that goal itself, but we will use it as a wee. Tangent to go off on a, a tangent and a talking point. Um, I'll ask you guys what the best goal you've ever seen. Um, but the, the wee twist I'm going to put on it is that you have to have seen it with your own eyes, i.e. in the flesh. Have you got any obvious ones? I realise I've put you both on the spot there, but is there any ones that kind of come to either of your minds, Matt? Um, Technique-wise, technique for a... Uh, one of the more kind of unfor- unforgettable Aberdeen sides, but the semi-final against Hibs, uh, Rory Fallon scored like a... Oh, he picked one out of the air. Like it, it. Yeah, it had been like nodded back out from the Hibs defence, and he's honestly like 30 yards from goal, but he takes the ball down on his chest and just... I'm, t- I'm trying to reenact it here, which I'm never going to be able to do. <laughs> um, and, uh, and just and volleys it. I think it's a left foot. It on the chest, volleys it, and ha- so high, and it just... Crashes in the in the top bin because I was I was right behind it like in the, in the kind of corner um of the the north stand at Hamden and was just oh, it was amazing like it was limbs anyway but it was just like holy shit like how's he done that but he only ever scored in the cup so um I th- that probably that one is is up there for me um I've seen a few good Scotland ones um over as well but yeah <laughs> I think that one yeah probably that one. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll throw in one at Hamden, but it's not Scotland. Uh, a game I was working at a few years ago, it was Queen's Park, obviously. I think it was uh, Forfer, Athletic, I want to say. It was a game I was working at, as I say, and um guy, Danny Denham, I think he plays for Dumbarton, East East Fife, one of the two, one of the, the clubs that one of our previous two guests plays for. Danny, I think he plays for East Fife, yeah. But he scored an amazing goal for Forfar at Hamden, an overhead kick um, from outside the box, I think it was. And I remember interviewing him after that game. And that one always just stuck out for me. Like it was, there was no, obviously, many fans there. That was before COVID 19 and Hamden was still empty. But that's just, uh, that's just Queen's Park for you. Um, but that was an amazing goal. It didn't get the reaction it deserved. It deserved to have, you know, 50,000 fans cheering that one on. Uh, Celtic point of view, the obvious one's Nakamura. Right? two of them, I mean you could have the one against Rangers the half volley um, or the one against Man United which is probably the one I'll go for Like the distance he was out when he hit that one and just the way he fizzed it into the net um, was amazing I had no right to be shooting, never mind scoring uh, for that one, so so that's what I'll go for My one, I'm struggling here, but my one is um, Chris Boyd against, I, th- I think it was like a I could be wrong Um I think it was a League Cup. It was it was a League Cup game against Partick Thistle at, at Fur Hill. I think it might have been a replay, but if not, either way, it was a cup game. Um, and it was like Stephen Davis for about uh, he's well out from the um, just inside the, the the Thistle half, and he kind of clips a ball in at the back post. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but it's like Van Basten esque. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and honestly it's not spoke about enough see I'll try and find I'm sure there's like a very grainy uh, video of it on um, on YouTube but Chris Boyd left foot on the weaker foot volley first time I was right behind the goal 
and uh, I just smashes it right into the roof of the net. And um, I, that was one that's, that's actually just came to me as you guys were talking there, so I'm glad you went yeah. ahead of me. Um, but I, that's that's one that sticks in the memory. Um, but not quite as good as, as Kamar Roofs, I've got to say. It's an amazing goal. What is your guy's favourite kind of goal? Do you like a passing move? I mean, like Argentina at the 2006 World Cup or Brazil at 1970, I think it was. Do you like a volley? Do you like a goal for the halfway line? Because I'm not just saying this to take away from the roof because it's an amazing, amazing goal. I've never been one who looks at the David Beckham goal or the Wayne Rooney yeah, one yeah. and goes, I love it. I've always preferred... Like uh, the Van Basten one's one of my favourites ever, or the Zidane one at Hamden. Mm-hmm. For me, yeah. it's probably the best goal ever, or maybe the Bale one at the the Champions League final as well. Yeah. Um, Zidane's probably my that's my favourite kind of goal. That kind of Zidane one, when you just look and go, the technique is amazing. But but what uh, what's your guy's favourite kind of goal? I I like a classy kind of finish like that. Like I think Defoe's one just it seems so hard to do. Like the composure, mm. and you know, it was a, it was um, fitting as well because it was like his three hundredth goal, like career, a club goal or something. That I think it was, or maybe it was career goal. And uh, the fact that he'd done it with that, like, it's the audacity to just like know that just to pass it in the net, essentially volley it over the shoulder, and it's a great ball in anyway, which needs the credit. Um, I I like a kind of a finish like that. Like I, I always remember, like watching like the old Man United teams and like the early 2000s like Ruud van Nistelrooy which just scored like it was like a lot of scrappy goals but the classiness to just finish you know that kind of like I appreciate long range I mean obviously my goal is a long range goal long range volley that I picked but I don't know there is something pretty pretty good when it's satisfying almost seeing like a like a well worked goal in that way so what what you were saying there, Matt, is that um, Jermaine Defoe's better sorry what you were saying there, Matt is that Jermaine Defoe's goal was better than Kemar Roof? No, Is that what I'm you were not. getting at there? I'm not, I'm not, because I actually think that the best thing, about, apart from the fact, obviously, he scores from the halfway line, the fact that in the last minute he beats, like, three or four men and then has mm-hmm. the audacity to just try it. Like, you see that always happening, like, amateur football. Like, they just kick it yeah. away. Like, you know, like, try and just have a go and it gets nowhere. But, yeah, no, it's... Um, they're very, two di- very different goals, but, you know... Obviously, one will be more, more remembered and ranked rightly so. But uh, yeah, there. I didn't say that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you guys. I think. Um, I think I made a comment before, like speaking to one of my pals before, and I, I'd kind of said, oh, I, it, like any player could hit it for like. So I mean, like catch it sweet for that far out, and not as far out as Riff, mind you, but. <laughs> I don't know, like there's something more, like as you say, Hamish Van Basten, like that one, and, and Zidane. Um. Like those kind of technique or like I just uh, like a football like played in its its purest form, a passing move. Uh, do you like a do you like a player runs and skins a whole team and scores like a Messi or a Maradona? I, I like I like I, those goals. I, yeah. I am at, I see I, the passing move ones are are, are the the best yeah. ones for me. Um, yeah. when it's like you can just see a team actually lifting it for the training ground right on our, our parking. But yeah, the, the ones where you're skinning the full team, like um, they are, they are nice to watch as well. But um, I, I wasn't saying this when when Kamara have done that on Thursday. I just, I just stood laughing, like I just, I was just howling at my telly, like I could not believe what I'd seen. So uh, it was quite a moment that I'm sure we'll see plenty of uh, in the years to come. It will definitely be on the short list for the. Uh... Discuss. 
Puska. I was going to call it the Pichichi, but that's the thing, that's Spanish <laughs> football. Um, right, guys, thanks very much. Um, let us know on Twitter at Burst Ball Podcast what your favourite kind of goal is as well. Is there any kind of goal we haven't mentioned? Volleys, <laughs> skinning the team, uh, halfway line goals, um, free kicks, I suppose. Let us know. Tell what I do like, though, is like, see from a corner when that, like, someone reaches up and bullets a header. Into the net. That's oh, like a he- that, that, powerful that, headed yeah, goal. Sco- someone scored one of them lately, recently that I was watching. I loved. Can't remember. Um, my favourite one out of those was like the Lewis Ferguson one at Hamden, uh, like against Rangers. Um, but because in that, it's in that moment where the crowd go quiet just for a second, like, yeah. and it is, it is just, Aye. and then it's carnage. Like it's, and regardless of what kind of moment, it's not like, you know, I pass it. I'll good pass move. You can almost kind of see the ball. You know, it's going to end up in the net. You know, if a boy's one on one or something, but yeah, that's another discussion for us as well. Like, we those kind of goals. <laughs> but see, the, the kind of goals like there's ones that you like to watch, but then there's certain goals that are like perfect for just absolute limbs. Yeah, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. they can mm. bullet. So, I think was it Gordon in the Europa League final? He scored a proper bullet header that I was like, might have been it. Yeah, that, that yeah, was like so. that was proper. Like, you're just. As soon as it hits the net, their fans, well, obviously in that game there wasn't, but those kind of goals there's, that are good for just proper scenes. So, But right. as, I, as we say, we better move on. <laughs> we better move on because we've still not touched in three of the games. Um, but luckily for the next game we're going to touch on, we've got Kelly Cow to help me out. It was Kilmarnock nil, Hibernian 1, and earlier I caught up with our favourite Kilmarnock resident. Hello, Callum. Hello Hamish, thank you for having me. No, you're very welcome. Right, your long unbeaten league run came to an end at the weekend. I think it was your first defeat in about a month and a half. What happened? How was the game? Um, I will. It's, it's obviously disappointing that it came to an end, but it was one of those. And I, th- I think I spoke about it in the podcast before the game. I mean, it it wasn't a must win at all, but. If if we won that, it put a wee bit of pressure on Hibs. But if Hibs won, the gaps now I think ten points, give or take. Um, obviously we we we've got a game in hand to them right enough. But but still, it's it's a wee bit of a sucker for that point of view that it would have been good to kind of again put a wee bit of pressure because Hibs and rightly so have been given a lot of praise this season for for their start. Whereas if we had won that on Saturday, then we would put a wee bit of pressure on them and people would maybe be talking about Kilmarnock uh, in the same breath. But to be honest, I mean my my analysis of the game was I I didn't think that there was really anything in the game. Um, I didn't think it was a great spectacle. Um. But at the end of the day, that's Hibs now took six points for six against us in games with no much in them. A lot of Kelly fans that will be listening will be frustrated by that and they'll see that as a, like, they'll look at it and think, well, they're no better than us because, I mean, we've more than matched them, and but they've still beat us. However, what I would say to these kind of guys is that that was the story Kamalik under Steve Clark quite a lot. Um yeah. and it's it's the story with Aberdeen every year for the last five or six years under Derek McInnes because I, I sit and I, I say to people we come out of games against Aberdeen, uh, even recently people are like, they're no good, they're no good. I'm like, No, but good teams do that. That's a good team. If they still don't play particularly well, but they pick up three points, that, that that's a sign of a very good team and, and that's what uh, Hibs Hibs did to us on Saturday. I think that I don't think it was a penalty, but we get lucky the week before uh, with a penalty that probably was not one, so it kind of balances itself across the season, I would say. But I understand why people are annoyed at that because it did change. It, it was, it was a, that was the decision that, 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 that changed the game, really. So what are you saying? It was outside the box? I think that it was outside the box and I think it was just all in all a bit soft 
regardless yeah. of that. Um, I actually thought it was I thought it was a bit kind of soft as well, but it is outside the box for me in any case. So even if it is a free kick, it's it's a free kick and not a penalty. Well, obviously, Hamish, you know Rugby Park well. Um, the miss, the strangest uh, situation about this was allegedly it's a linesman, the East Stand side that gave it, who's East Stand over to the Chadwick. Yeah. So it was literally the opposite side of the ground. Whereas there's a linesman right in front of the decision there. Uh, allegedly, yeah, it was other linesman. Uh, and allegedly, it was a linesman on the other side of the ground that gave it. Uh, funnily enough, the. Um, the referee was actually he, he was a old PE teacher at my school. He was Colin Stephen. <laughs> yeah, he was. He's at my school when I was in third year. He was Have you got any exclusives for us and him then? No, I just remember he used to wear a, a, a wee French start to PE all the time and wear his, <laughs> wear, wear his trackies up to his uh, his tits basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like that, like that um, chewing the fat PE teacher. Simmer <laughs> down now. <laughs> but uh, no, he, he, was, he was actually a good guy. So he was. But he was only there for a year. Um, but no, he he was he was a PE teacher at school. But no, I I don't I don't think it was I think it was soft anyway. Particularly when there's no real danger. Don't get me wrong. I don't think Dikamona should let the ball bounce there. I think that he's he's put himself in that position. But he's still got to trust the process and the decision making of the pro, uh, decision making of the referees to bail him out there. But it's outside the box. I think even if it was inside the box, I would be pretty disappointed to concede with that. Letter of the law, it is probably a foul lie, but I mean, he's clearing the ball out of nowhere. It's kind of blindsided him. Um, but as I said, we, we get really lucky last week with a penalty at Livingston that, that wasn't a penalty. Uh, simple as that. Yeah, bit of a miserable afternoon for Decamona. Obviously, he goes off Injured as well. I think that was another incident with Dodge, wasn't it? Um, mm -hmm. And it's the fall, and it looked a pretty horrible one. Have you heard much about that since Saturday? No, to, to be honest, I've I've no Hamish. I just soon obviously tweeted that, that, that he was he was all right, and he was hoping for kind of like a, a good recovery. It's one of those I when you do see it slowed down. The first angle sports scene show is is terrible because they try to slow it down and you just don't see his ankle. But then it's the next one after that, and you see that a lot of people. Maybe this is me who my my tinfoil hat on but a lot of people will probably be quick to point at the oh the plastic patch the plastic patch if that was a grass patch it'd maybe more give but it's just unlucky I mean stuff like that happens all the time uh, grass pitches uh, you're more likely to get your studs caught in the grass when the rest of your body moves so so, so, so with that it's it's disappointing for him and he looked like he was kind of coming on to a wee bit of a game so despite giving away a penalty but uh, hopefully that it doesn't it doesn't hamper his, his season too much and, and get back because I think a lot of Kelly fans are actually quite encouraged to hopefully see him and Finlay play next to each other uh, I, I do like Big Broadfoot myself but yes, there's no secret he's getting to the end of his career a wee bit um, he's never been particularly quick but you can see that his pace is maybe catching him out at times but Broadfoot hey give him his place he's, he's, he's been a big part of your squad for the last couple of years and I'm, I'm not going to be quick to, to dispose of him but I think a lot of Kelly fans would like to see Finland and Decamona play together Yeah you mentioned their sports scene maybe not the most conclusive when it came to that Decamona challenge the other one and I think it was the first highlight they showed was potential Kelly penalty the challenge on Burke now I don't know I thought it looked pretty clumsy for the defender. I don't know if he was offside or something like that. It certainly didn't look conclusive in sports scene, but no Kelly players really claimed for it, and also Chris Burke didn't really claim for it. It was a kind of strange incident. Well, what you see is, in the shot after that, is Burke kind of, he's shouting at the referee, eh, the yeah. linesman in his way back. Not like aggressively, but you can see him trying to communicate with him. My memory is maybe not serving me right here, but I was surprised that actually showed that in sports scene because I thought... At the time, he was actually called offside. Yeah. Um, and that is why no action it, it seemed was taken weird. Aye, strange. because 
But I, I, th- I think that was um, more to do with the fact that we had another postponed game and they had an hour up to fit three games in with no a lot of action in either of the three games, minus the Motherwell Ross County one. Uh, so I think that's probably to do with that. I think that it is very clumsy for the defender. And if you want to look at the two incidents side by side, with what they get a penalty for and what we get a penalty for, I'd say that that's more likely to be a penalty than the Di Camona one. And for sure, Chris Burt's 100% in the box. <laughs> There's no doubt about that one. But no, I think that... Um, I genuinely thought at the time that he was offside because I, I remember calling for it in the house and then I was like, oh, he's off anyway, but I, but I don't know if that is the case. And sports scene, as you said, it didn't really sum that, it didn't really give us any conclusion to that, that uh, mystery. Anything else, Callum? Um, no, if, I, if there's anything else you want to ask me, you know me, I could sit and talk about Kelly all day, but no, I, ju- I, ju- I just think in the whole that it's important not to get ourselves beat up about it. Um, Hubs are a good side. Though we'll play worse than that this season and potentially win. That's not me trying to say we played well, but I'm just saying that there wasn't a lot in the game. It, it was a knife edge decision that that kind of that that got the three points for Hibs. Um, but no credit where it's due. And and as Jack Jack Ross kind of summed the game up quite well, I thought in his post match he was very respectful, Kowalik, which I always like to see. But he was like last week we we played all the best football in the world and. We didn't get a result, whereas this week we had to dig in and graft, as you always have to do, got to Rugby Park and, 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 and they got a, a 1-0 one. So no, credit to them, but important for us to get back on it. Rangers on Sunday, I know I know what old Fulton team I would rather have on Sunday, but <laughs> yeah. uh, unfortunately it's informed Rangers, so I'm looking forward to that and fingers crossed we can, we can get a result. Uh, at home. We've got a good home record against Rangers, so I hope that continues this week. So that was KC there. Um, he's been quite up and down this season. He's kind of mellow there. He was disappointed, but I think he, he understands that Kelly were up against a good side, Hibs. Um, Kelly, I don't think, had a shot on target at the weekend. I know they had a chance with Kilty, but it was blocked off the line. Well, off the line, I think it was going wide. So um, disappointing for them, obviously, to lose at home. Good win for Hibs. Uh, I'll just quickly get your predictions. No thought-out stuff, no spiel. Um, for the Scottish Cup semi-finals, guys, just who are the two teams who are going to be into the final? Into the final, Matt. Uh, I don't know because um, he's too hungover well, for well, this sort of on the spot yeah, stuff. Well, we'll see. Um, we'll see Aberdeen, of course, but uh, it's, gonna, it's still going to be very difficult. And I think, I think Hearts. I I, Ooh, I actually think Hearts. Two shots. I don't know. There, there's well, I don't know. I mean, like it's just like. Scottish Cup, you know, like it'll feel, it'll feel a very different Scottish Cup, but it's still, I don't know. Hearts are, I mean, I've really only gone off of that on the basis that it's a derby, and it's like because normally if it was Hibs, it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be, you know, if it was the team in third in the Premiership against a Championship team, it's, you know, it's a foregone conclusion. But, geez, oh, the two word things going well. <laughs> Celtic Hibs, there you go. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Celtic Hibs, although I'm more confident at Hibs than Celtic, which probably <laughs> says a lot. Uh, right, Motherwell, Ross County, a 4 0 win for Motherwell. They hadn't played since they faced Rangers nearly a month ago. They obviously had a few games called off, I think, due to COVID. They also had Trevor Carson taken off early um, with what looked like a kind of serious injury, so hopefully he's all right. Uh, did we see this game, guys? What did we think? I, I kind of thought watching the highlight was the, the main thought I had was that four 0 seemed really harsh on on Ross County. What did what did you think, Matt? Yeah, I'd probably go along with that. Um, I think 
there's a couple clear, I think Tony Water a couple of shots uh, cleared off the line like so or was it one there was two there was two off the line wasn't there I think uh, one was O'Donnell yeah I'm well, they're both from uh, Ross um, County yeah Ross, Ross County yeah, chances yeah, yeah yeah so they were they were it probably is a harsh reflection I think just Motherwell were clinical like Tony Watt seemed like a different player in the, in that game what we've been used to in the last few seasons obviously so um, yeah fair fair play to, for Motherwell for getting that job done but I think um Probably was a bit harsher on Ross County, but um, they just need to kind of pick themselves up and go again if they can. But I think credit to Motherwell for, as you say, not not having played a lot of football recently. I think to go and be so clinical and put four goals past any team is is has to be applauded. Try to work out who that ref was. He's Never n- seen I, him before. He's new. Uh, <laughs> they met, they did say his name on sports scene and the highlights, but I've. <laughs> K- I was chatting to KC earlier. I don't think it was. No, it wasn't on a recording. It was afterwards, and he plucked out who it was but he looked like a wee dweeb <laughs> I had no idea like, I'd never seen the guy before I'm trying to remember it was like a nah. name that I think I'd heard once but um, yeah it was uh, it was kind of harsh in Ross County that Tony Watt did look good when he, he um, the way he played and he had a few chances he looked really lively and obviously the last goal from, from Devante Cole was, was pretty yeah, good as well match. did you have anything to, to note for that one Gambo and if, if you didn't it's okay to say <laughs> no, nothing much else to add apart from it was pretty ruthless from Motherwell. I, I thought the same as you is um, harsh on County. They'll probably be cursing their luck at the minute. Their season seems to be kind of taking a bit of a downturn at the minute. But um, I mean, credit to Motherwell um, and they'll be wanting to get Tony Watt firing um, this season. So, uh, I just a good win for them. Nothing much else to say, Liz, I don't think. Definitely from one Watt to another. Stephen Watt, who is the St. Johnson fan. Um, I just love some segue that into oh, Fantastic. <laughs> um, Stephen Watt, who's our big St. Johnson fan, he regularly tweets the show. He'll probably tweet me after this or tweet Burst Ball after this. Um, we're coming on to his team, St. Johnson now, Dundee United now. Uh, St. Johnson probably should have won that game, shouldn't they? They had the better chances. The main one probably yeah. fell kind of... You obviously don't get the minutes with sports scene, but I think it was quite late uh, to Murray Davidson when he has the header and it's straight at Seagrist, who at the moment seems to be getting Dundee United a fair few points. Um, but it is a second clean sheet in a row for Dundee United. It's also the second game in a row they've not scored. They've obviously had two nil nils in a row. Um, tell me if I'm being a bit harsh here, guys, but I'm a little bit disappointed with United considering the way they started the season. They won it. At Motherwell, and I know Motherwell were struggling, but they still won there. They also beat, I think, Ross County away from home. They ran us close. They ran Hibs close as well at home. I thought they were going to be very well set upside, and they're kind of... They're not going to be relegated, I don't think, or even going to really be in a relegation battle, I don't think. But they're not going to be top six, I don't think, equally. It's, I'm just a... A little bit disappointed with the manager they brought in, who I thought was going to had a great record down south, south of getting teams promoted. Um, I thought they were going to be like a top six team this year, but am I being a bit harsh there? I mean, at the end of the day, they are they are just you know recently promoted. Do they just need a season like this, Mark, where they can just kind of be average and, and then consolidate in future? Possibly. I mean, it is very worrying. I think that was another game. My, my one of my pals, Andy, he's a the United fan. He said that. Um, like I think it's like a few games in a row, or certainly there's been a few games this season where they've not even had a shot on target. Like I, and see the most so, worrying thing: see their front three on Saturday: McNulty, Shankland, yeah. and Nicky Clark. Like that's three yeah. good strikers. Can I get them going? And it's like you know that there was that time as well when Shankland was out 
so you kind of like said, oh well, you know, like once they're back, then he's gonna get in amongst it, and he's I think he scored a couple of goals, but really, he's, it's not been a it's not been good enough from him. I think it's it's funny though because like a team like Dundee United, you would expect them who were able to score loads of goals last season, win the league in the end. Obviously, it was cut short, but win the league in a canter, like they were always going to be going up. To then the the, the kind of change of tactics. I appreciate the manager is different, but the change they kind of just they don't create enough is really weird. Like yeah. it's just, it, because if you saw Hibs when they came up. They were really exciting in the championship, and then they brought that into the Premier League. Like they were a top four club, and they were good. They were exciting to watch, and I just find it. I find it baffling. I, I, you're right, Hamish. Maybe they do just need a season to just mm. mare their way back into the league. But I think certainly if there was fans there, you you know, Dundee United fans would not be would not be happy yeah. with that on the terraces. They would have had a bigger way support of that, wouldn't they, at Perth? So oh, yeah, definitely. yeah. Um, fantasy football guys how, how are you guys feeling about fantasy football I, I'm just chucking the towel in man I've had another absolute <laughs> shocker man, man, I'm due doing it my three strikers a Yeti, Doidge and Shanklin got a combined total of eight like my defenders are doing the bit a bit like Dundee United my defenders are doing the business um, I had Reynolds in I had Marciano who's obviously a keeper Hanlon I also had Shane Duffy in but I'll less said about that the better <laughs> but the defence is getting clean sheets but my strikers just aren't scoring and I've used my wild card, I get 36 points this week, which is, I think, what was the average, 39. So I'm not far off it, but it's uh, it's tough. In terms of the actual burst ball league, Kenny Gardner is top, 61 points for him, a total of 758. Jamie Prentice, second, 748, so 10 behind. And Craig Dallas, uh, I've heard that name already this season. He is third with his side, Arctic Junkies. So, how are you guys getting on in terms of your fantasy teams? I'm actually going all right. I think I'm, I think I'm maybe fourth or fifth in our private league. The, the, um, I think there's a bit of a, a top six going on. Like, we're pulling away, but I'm, I've been doing all right. I think um, I Kemp's is that uh, can we call Who's that it? an unassailable lead? I think he's 90, 90, 90 points ahead. points points ahead. ahead. <laughs> he, he's oh, he's more he's got more than two hundred <laughs> points more than um like Andrew Gamba <laughs> at the bottom of the table. Doesn't he? <laughs> I think he's two, over two hundred points ahead of him. But uh, yeah. I've been doing all right. I've got I've had a couple of players that have been turning up for me big time. Um, Kabamba, uh, Nisbet as well. He's been good. <laughs> Kent, who's actually been off the boil a little bit the last couple of games. Um, compared to his, his early season form, but I am up in those European spots, so I'm going not too bad. Gallus Tassadai. <laughs> well, you get that in there. Um, that's obviously Premiership fantasy football, lower leagues. Uh, Wraith Rovers are top of the Championship and very much the surprise package. Obviously, they're new to that league, but they're scoring goals for fun. Um, they bagged three in their opening game of the season, uh, beating Arbroath 3-0, and at the weekend they went to Queen of the South and won 5-2. So they're hitting form. Hearts, obviously, up there as well. Dunfermline, the other team with a 100% win record. Dundee got their first win of the season home to Morton on Saturday, an early goal from uh, Jonathan Afalabi there. And in the other game, Inverness won, Air United won. So, interesting stuff there. In terms of League One, uh, Cove Rangers are the leaders in there. A team that you saw at the weekend, mm-hmm. Matt. 
Yeah, uh, I had the fortune of uh, taking in uh, Scotland's newest derby, uh, uh, Peterhead uh, at Balmour, and a very windy Balmour. But it was um, it was good. Um, I thought, like everyone, I, th- I think it's assumed, obviously, that because Cove are still, you know, they 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 they're new to the league, they're you know new to the league setup and that. Like it's assumed that they probably wouldn't do this well, that well this season, because especially with Falkirk and Partick are the full time teams in the league. I think Airdrie are kind of part full time. What I mean by that is like some players are. Uh, I believe um, I was hearing that the other day that I think Airdrie have got some full time players in, so that they would fancy. Did they not sign someone mental in the summer. I, um who was it? That Lauren Robert's son or something, wasn't uh, it? Oh right. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, I, think... no, I remember seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> that is it. That's got to be the most random signing of all time. <laughs> Aye, but um, in terms of Cove, are looking they're looking good. I mean, they they weren't that impressive in terms of like full flow attacking on Saturday. Peterhead, like I think Peterhead kind of made it a bit of a derby game for them. But um, like they've got when they've got the Mitch Meganson up front, he just he just knows where to find the net. He's so good at that level, and um, they were clinical. And yeah, they're the only team in the league with hundred percent record. So I they're actually not. Oh, they're not because okay. there was a postponement on wow. Saturday, and it wasn't a COVID-related postponement. It was down to something else. It was weather, <laughs> which is all we need. As if we've got this fixture <laughs> back already, all we part. need is the worst bloody winter in history coming. Um, Clyde versus Dumbarton was was called off, um, but Clyde won their opening game, so okay, they're, yeah. they're technically still a hundred percent record, but they're three points behind, obviously. So Cove top six points. Falkirk are friends. Second, they got a draw. Um, at the weekend they drew against Forfa um, at home Forfa have started the league with two draws and Partick Thistle um, I think they were behind at home to Airdrie Onings but they came back to, to win that 2-1 Blair Spittle scoring the winner for them so um, I think we'll see that league starting to take shape Matt, do you think the Cove Rangers are, are title contenders? Is it too early to say that? I, th- I think they are I think they're third favourites before the season but um, they they have got like speaking to their their kind of team afterwards and like uh, well like some of the players and they were saying like they, they've just got this winning mentality that's been ingrained in them since the since the Highland League like they, they just know the club are so ambitious that they really are going for it this season I think as well and I would not be surprised if they're in around the playoffs at least then come well I think they will be but whenever the season does finish I think they'll be in around it Right on to League 2 Elgin City another team doing the North proud um, they are Top of that league, the only team with a 100% winning record. They've got six points, obviously, from their two games. They scored three goals at the weekend. They beat Brecon City, who just seemed destined for you know bottom place this season. Um, 3-0, that was, as I say. Uh, Elgin, top scorer in the whole league, Kane Hester, uh, seems to be leading the way for them. So they're doing well elsewhere. We've got Annan, Stenhouse, Mune and Queen's Park making up the, the very early playoff places. Queen's Park, big things expected of them. They got a 2-0 win over Albion, Rober, Albion Rovers uh, on Saturday. Two kind of early goals there from Will Bainham. So that's us, guys, for another podcast. We've kind of gone down loads of different avenues <laughs> with this one, but... It's been fun, and um, we appreciate everyone who listens to the show. We've kind of taken a bit of a surge in terms of downloads over the last wee period, so we appreciate it. You can help us out by telling a pal about the podcast, or even just leaving a comment on iTunes. It'd be really appreciated. Craig and Matt, thank you very much. Matt, I'll let you get off to 
whining about. In fact, you're not. You're I've going to football, football, aren't you? Oh, worst thing. We do a run before football, and we do a. Then we actually train, and I, I, I couldn't get out and not playing. I'll get dropped if I if I don't uh, go along. So, well, hopefully, your manager's not listening to this. How are you feeling at the end of that, Hamish? Is that good therapy for you, or are you? <laughs> Confront your fears. <laughs> See, if I didn't work, if my job wasn't to do with bloody running a Celtic YouTube channel, I would quite possibly <laughs> just zone out of the whole thing. But the fact I do fucking about four podcasts a week on Celtic or Scottish football, I do about seven videos a week on Celtic, and I watch the games, I just feel as if it's my life at the moment and there's no way to get rid of it. So um, I don't know if I can do another one of these podcasts, lads. So let's just hope we get the better of Aberdeen on, on Sunday, because <laughs> if not, it's... Uh, it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> right, that'll do us. Uh, as I say, thanks very much for listening. Tell a pal, leave a review, get us on Twitter at Burstball Podcast, or Facebook as well, and we'll speak to you very soon.